Hey, it's Chris Hartwick from Painless Networking here on a part two of the Painless Podcast with Amy Potter and Julie Hafferkamp. Quick thanks. We'll get right into it. But a quick thanks to our sponsor. Remember, these are the folks who help make these conversations possible. Thanks to Chicago Sport and Social Club. And uh, they're here this week to share their Bollywood event on July 14th with us. It's the biggest beach volleyball tournament paired with the summer's best one-day music festival. And it is returning once again to North Avenue Beach in Chicago. This hybrid tournament and festival features the best DJs, delicious food, stock bars, tons of volleyball, and Chicago's gorgeous skyline as your backdrop. Can't beat it. It's a full-day event. Is sure to deliver good vibes, VIP lounges, and full amenities. Painless members can use our exclusive code CHICAGO5 to get five bucks off GA or VIP tickets at VollywoodChicago.com. That's volley as in volleyball, VollywoodChicago.com. Code CHICAGO and the number five. Don't spell it out, just Chicago. And the number five. All right, let's get right back to it. Here's my chat with Amy Potter and Julie Hafferkamp, recorded June 7th at Mosaic. Let's get connected with Amy and Julie. All right, welcome back to uh, part two of what what did, what did we what silly name that the Megapod or something like that? Is that yeah, what we could. What I called it the Dually the Power Pod. Power Pod. The Power Pod, part two. <laughs> um, in the first the first half, we talked a lot of uh, of the the mostly some the backgrounds for where the heck Julie and, and Amy came from and and how they got to be as successful as. They are today. I think on the second half, we're going to look more uh, outward and, and talking some about advice um, f- for for folks. And it doesn't have to be just recent grads or anything like that. But I think anybody looking to work in this business, meaning you know at a brand, or a company like BMO, or at uh, an agency like Mosaic, and that could be in sports, and that could be in uh, events, entertainment. And uh, we're taking some um, selfies right now, so I, my ADD is getting the worst of me. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and then I, I want to spend a bunch more time specifically about wise um, women in, in sports and events, but literally, as two women have been successful in sports and events, the biases and challenges that you've faced, and um, you know, hopefully some specific stories or examples, at least, of coming from some of these stories of how you've fought through this you know now is a good time with with me too and 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 finally um women's uh, more women's voices being heard about some of the nonsense that's been going on for a long time specifically what what wise uh what role wise plays uh is also important so that's that's uh that's our agenda here on this the second half so i think what what i would start with i guess at this this place as women in this business of agency and then working in a college environment and now the bank environment, you know, what's, um, what, what's the general mood right now? Do you think that there's been, there's progress that's been made, hasn't been made? Give me right now, and then we'll dive into it deeper. Where, where do things stand at this, this moment? Are we, are we in a good place or not? They're looking at each other because they're both ready to launch into it. So oh. <laughs> who wants to go first? Uh, I can. I, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, I know I don't speak for you or nor any other woman, but just uh, I believe we're in a state of heightened awareness. Mm-hmm. And while I personally believe that in 2018 that should be table stakes, I am encouraged by the dialogue that has happened recently of, you know, this is my story, this is my truth, in um, and what's really happened. And I think there's been a bit of denial that the amount of it exists that the turning of the back and the blind eye has continued and it's been pervasive in in many different aspects. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate that while I definitely have had a lot happen to me over the course of being around uh, sports, events, pro athletes, I mean, you name it, but I've had supporters and champions who've led me or navigated the path side by side that have helped me and assisted on that journey. But I think right now it is again, of, of the heightened awareness and being able to at least express it in, a, in an environment where it will be heard. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about right now. Do you think, uh, hold, and I'm sorry, Amy, you're about ready to jump in, but hang on to your thought for a second, because I would say to continue on that, like 
between the role at Wise as the mm-hmm. head of this this organization and as a leader here mm-hmm. in an agency, have you noticed more women feeling that they can, you know, raise their hand and co- you know come to you or other leadership and voice a problem and feel like there's there's going to be something of a positive outcome from it? Has it changed? Not just the tone, but the actual volume of the amount of the conversations? Um, I think obviously they were, you know, a few months back, probably even probably more intense than they are right now. Uh, I feel that maybe they've not died off in the fact of it's not at everyone's top of mind, but a while back it was, it was pretty prevalent. Uh, We actually hosted quite a few things here, Women's History Month at Mosaic and just like, so between Wise and Mosaic, I think what I've seen again is that ability for uh, what I'm encouraged about is even more males allowing that space and that conversation talk track to exist, understanding their role, their impact, their support of it. I um, mean, Chris, I'm looking at you. You know, you you have always been a champion of us being able to express that, say that, and and what impact you've had on that. It's um. So I, I don't know if I directly answer the question, but but I, I do feel like there is a sense of, of change and, and newness and light that's been brought on the There's issue. There's positive momentum right now, and you're I seeing believe. that it's continuing to yep. go forward, right? Okay. Yeah. And it's it's not, uh, just my final thought on it, yeah, it's not on. just the Me Too element. So it's not, I mean, I think we, uh, have I experienced sexual harassment in a workplace? Yes. Has it been to a level that, uh, pretty heightened? Yes. Does it exist? Yes. But there's also just the overall, you know, I think in WISE a lot, we talk about career, empowerment, negotiation, things like that. So it kind of can all be wrapped into it um, and where you feel like you can have your voice and um, not just fake it till you make it, but own it and be able, be okay asking for whatever it is, um, you know, in whatever forum or or that I've got a challenge, I need your support with it. Do you think that that's a... uh, is that something I, I'm guessing that there's probably been some pretty uh, explicit um, work done at, at Wise in particular of, of, of specific examples for women? I've, uh, you know, the, the, the difference between women and men, the, the vast, sure. terrible generalizations, but it's, you know, women don't be so apologetic or don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't defer. Like, is there, is part of that momentum feeling that, you know, you're, that standing up and saying, you know, we're not going to, we don't have to be, we don't have to be quiet. We don't have to be stepped on. We don't have to be, you know, I mean, do you have to be explicit? I, I don't even know exactly where I'm necessarily going with this, but I, I can't even comprehend it, uh, some of these stories. So it's, yeah. I, I don't I, know when you're in a room full of women that are now being able to be open with each other, more open with each other. Sure. What's coming out of that in an organization like WISE? Um, you know, I think Wise has, uh, is interesting. You know, we don't do a lot, like, you know, well, at least not too much in terms of publicly that we're going to put that out there and like, this is our message. Like, right. we had, this is exactly how Wise feels on Me Too. We've never done that. We've never made those statements. But what we are always behind 100% is the championing of, championing of women in these career fields and whatever that entails. Um, so whether right, it's and you've been doing that for a long time. That's not just because of this is not just me too. An empowerment yeah. thing, and 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 providing these tools for success and, and all. Okay. Sure, all right. But I, I think you, uh, you know, it, it, what I find interesting is that when you get in forums of women, and specifically, you know, whether it's book clubs, panels, you know, everything that we have and we host, you will find a, a variety of different opinions a variety of different opinions on how people share their story or, you know, they go and they, hey, this is okay, this is not okay. And I don't think our role is to judge any of that and to say, like, this is the absolute way that, you, you know, this person has to go about to get uh, validation or they've got to, everyone's on a different path. But what I do find is the openness to, again, have those dialogues and be aware of it is one of the, it's the first step to stemming and changing the tide. Amy, I kept cutting you off, and I know you've got lots of good things to say, so please go. No, I think Julie's done a great job of kind of explaining the why side of it and allowing conversation to happen. But I think it's opened the eyes to some companies as well and how they, whether how they hire, how they look at things. And I'll use BMO as a perfect example. I was very proud to be asked to be on a breaking down stereotype panel. And it was very interesting. And we had leaders in the room and colleagues in the room. And we talked about 
stereotypes of every single kind. And I'll use my stereotype as the one. So I was the single gal living the dream in the city. So <laughs> fit the stereotype very well. But what does that mean? Whether... Um, that you, you can work longer because you don't have kids. Very, and you can... very good. So we talked about that stereotype and how I need to claim that and say, whoop, I'm going to go to the gym at this time, so I'm not going to show up till work till 7.30 in the morning, and I'm going to do this for myself. So we really talked about all different stereotypes where you had a, um, a working woman in global asset management, but her husband stayed home. A, a working man at BMO, but then his wife worked at another company, and how they had to manage children and how they managed sick days. And then you had um, a lesbian mom and her situations that she had to deal with. Um, so it was so interesting, but I was so proud of the company for saying, you know what, that we need to look at everything. We need right. to have dialogue. We need to have these lunch and learns. And it was really exciting and it helped reinforce different stereotypes that we have. So when I lead my team or when I go back to my day-to-day -day workplace, I'm making sure I'm not reinforcing or enforcing certain stereotypes that, oh, well, she can't do this because of this, or right. he can't do this because of this. So I'm excited the direction it's going, but we in this room and in the podcast world have to look and figure out how we're going to continue it, whether it's educating our children, whether it's educating our colleagues, or stopping when things don't feel right. And I was very lucky I have a team and we had an open dialogue and conversation about it. Cause someone's like, well, I know that people often hug. Should we not right. hug if a partner walks in and we're hugging people, should we not do that anymore? And so it was really interesting to go through those things. And I was the first time I went into a meeting, there was um, a guy who I know his family very well and his wife and, and I've, you know, had dinner with both of them after hours. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, are you okay with if I hug you? And I, I was stopped for a minute and I said, well, of course, because that's how we greeted each other before. But he had an awareness that right. he probably felt like he needed to ask to make sure that was okay. So, you know, it's been very interesting, but I think it's been enlightening too. Mm -hmm. When I think what I, what I loved and what I've seen recently is you reference companies like, there is so much nature versus nurture and all from the top down male female if you have somebody who's going to stand up for rights and equality and uh not even political correctness but just the fact of hey i feel this is fundamentally wrong and i'm going to say something about it because a lot of times silence is tacit acceptance and you just oh we're gonna hey we're not gonna speak out about it but that's just you know um i find that uh, it, it's good for sometimes people to take a stand and to say like we, we're not going to stand for this and this is our this is what we are about and there has to be I think that's the tricky that's what we're at now is the tricky balance of continuing to push forward mm -hmm. uh, continuing to raise voices continuing to call attention to the issues without uh, tune you know go, going so far that people, that you basically you need as part of the conversation start tuning you out because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. then you just fall back right into the same sure. same problems and I mean that's what I've seen like I've I'd always felt that you know people could have a conversation could have conversations with me and back in my agency days I you know had a very much an open door well and it often became a closed door because somebody needed to say something right. and mm -hmm. you know the, the joke was I had to have a back not just a box of tissues but a backup box of tissues mm -hmm. because somebody had come in and they felt that they could talk to me but I found out after I left that there had been some um, uh, somebody that I had respected as a as a mentor uh, had taught had taught me a lot um, had uh, harassed used his position of power with numerous women and myself and another white male senior leadership person were just floored by it because why wouldn't somebody come and talk to us we were very open we tried to keep fine-tuned you know ourselves tuned to that and completely missed it and some of the mm -hmm. women that I, I had worked uh, for me or you know I just I just knew from there oh yeah that was kind of we, we talk about that at the bars that he was doing this I'm like well, yeah. what happened I mean that was such an eye-opener that mm -hmm. they felt that even though I was as 
good as anybody that, uh, in terms of the, somebody they could talk to, they couldn't bring something like that yeah. up. And that's where this comes, like suddenly it's not just one person or one situation, it's these things that are then multiplying. Like you said with your stereotypes, it's, you know, it's that's not the worst thing in the world that you're the single gal living the dream, but you play into that, other people play mm-hmm. into that, they take exactly. advantage of you, you just, okay, well, I'll be the one that, does, and then you end up unhappy, or you're not being challenged, or somebody else is missing an opportunity to yep. challenge, and it's not even, I mean, that's not harassment or no. any of those things, it's just you fall into that, and we're just not, that goes back to we're talking about the empathy, the fact of listening, we're not doing a good job of these conversations and the awareness, but I don't know what it is other than you see these essentially tragic things happening to mm-hmm. people, that that's what it takes for us to go th- then and have that awareness, that's, that's terrible. It and is, so that's why I'm perks. trying to have this conversation with you guys because I, you talked about being a privileged Caucasian white woman and yep. that you, what you've seen through the, your scholarship and, and, and that, like, amp it up a whole bunch of more times. I'm a 40-something white guy from the suburbs of Chicago that how can I... I can't even comprehend it. I've never mm-hmm. would have never been put in that situation on your end to even process it or respond. I've heard these stories now from my wife and and sisters and sister-in-law. I mean, like people close to me that had no idea what they were put through. And well, so, what, but what do we do from here? Like, how? Well, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, Julie. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, I think hey, there's. Um, you know, unfortunately, we were talking about even before it began the the Kate Spade thing and and how unfortunate that was. And you never know what anyone is going through, right? Ever. Right. And I think that the starting point, while it may not be a solution, the starting point is allowing you to say to whatever forum that you have an audience for, um, whether it be me that you talk to or you need me to get someone for you. Right. Right. I am here to advocate on your behalf. Yeah. If it is something that has made you feel unsafe if it has made you feel threatened, um, you know, and alternatively, if there's somebody who's been a real champion for it, how mm-hmm. can we make sure that that behavior is is rewarded or, or lauded, you know? Um, but I think just allowing you to be known as, I will support the fair play and treatment across the board. Um, you know, I tell a lot of my guy colleagues, like, because they did, they had, that was one of my, you know, I say favorite questions from the panel, but this is during the, the women's month of how can I help? Mm-hmm. And I was like, have you told your team that when you're traveling with all girls or girls with guys or whatever, whatever it is, because we do a ton of events and a lot of times we're staying on the road together. We're, we're in cities for two weeks, three weeks. I mean, like we do a lot of stuff together right. and things get, everyone's professional, but it gets a little bit murky because you're living and working together. I mean, it, it's, and so have you ever told them flat out direct to their face? If there's ever anything that comes up, I got your back. And have you directly said it? You impl- you think that they mm-hmm. would know right. that, and you think that hey, because other people come to you, that it's just automatically known. But I am going to support the fair treatment of everyone. And I think sometimes get mixed up that it's not just a women's story; it's a humankind story. Mm-hmm. Of we got to make sure that you know we as women are looking at the the tr- you know, plight and trials of other folks and making sure that we are also their champion. Well, it's so true. As a young sales lady, I was taught that when a client, you were going up in the elevator and the client's like, oh, we're on your floor, I'll just come to your door. I would say, no, I'll meet you in the lobby, I gotta make a call. So not that that client would probably ever enter my room, Mm -hmm. but I made sure that there was always an opportunity to keep it business. One, because that's not how I sold. But even when a coach would enter, if we had a dinner with our clients and the coach was there and he'd be going back up the elevator, I'd be like, oh coach, sorry, you go ahead, I gotta run over there. I always didn't want to put myself, and I was probably hyper aware at the time, but I was told and taught at a young age that you, can, you can't control everything, but you can at least make sure those little things that are put out there as a salesperson that may or may not happen. It doesn't stop everything. I'm not going to say that at all, but it did make right. me aware that I would not invite a client to come to my door or meet me in my hotel room or have a coach escort me upstairs. Yeah. Just those those situations that you're aware 
that don't stop it. I'm not saying it stops it, but it does keep it aware. Well, and I think that gets into uh, not a taboo topic, but you know, there are women out there and you've got the, um, you know, Amber Rose, even her messages of just, you know, the walk and I can wear whatever I want and I shouldn't be affected and nobody should do X, Y, and Z. Um, there is that message out there, right? And while there's a part of me that, that supports that and says that should be true, unfortunately the side and, and where I've come from and what is that it hasn't been. And I wish it wasn't. I wish that I could say that no matter what I wear, I'm treated the same way. I wish, but from my experience right. bartending, from my experience in the nightlife, it hasn't been. Does that mean it's right? It, no. Do I think it's changing? Yes. But I do know, and that's why maybe I've, uh, right or wrong, I've, I've aired more conservatively through my career because I felt like that's the where that I'm basing everything on facts me, my work ethic, and that's what I want to be known for. Um, again, that again, I'm making no judgment toward anything what it should or shouldn't be. It's just the fact of what I've seen, and I'm erring on the side of caution because... You want to yeah, did you have something else that... I think dialogue's good. Right, that's like, the transparency. Transparency the and dialogue. In, is this, you know, especially if, if you are sensing, like you were saying, the colleague that, can I give you a hug? Like, well, if you're not sure, then ask. Because then it can be oh, clarify. Yeah, oh, hey, I, you know I'm cool with that. Okay, done. But if you you're, the assumptions on all ends, it it usually doesn't end well. So, what do you because of this uh, last uh, you know six months or eight months, I guess? What are you seeing with new hires and things like that on either of your end, you know, you've got, how big is your team now? I didn't, I meant to ask you this, Amy is you know, five people. Okay. Yeah. So a decent sized team there within the bank. And then you're working with a bunch of agencies mm -hmm. and, and, and teams properties yep. and properties and your team here, like how big is this group within your, like what's technically the yeah, in our, number. I mean, in our immediate BU, it's, you know, uh, about 30. Right. Um, I'll help oversee 15. And then our field earlier this year was in the, you know, two to 300. Yeah. It, can, it can pulse up, pulse down, Hundreds depending on what we... into the thousands, right. Yeah, You can touch uh, a, a lot of folks. So, you, you know, you, you are hiring. Um, I know you just added somebody to your team not too long ago, Amy, and, and you, you're always looking you know, particularly project, part-time ambassadors sure. and things here. Somebody's coming in right now. What's advice? Hey, to keep yourself out of trouble or what's a good way to get in and differentiate yourself, but keep sure. your, like you said, you want to be judged off your work, yep. not your outfit or something. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what and do you again, tell? Some, some people will disagree with that approach. Oh, no, no, and I, and no, I, and no I know right. That. I'm not saying, yeah. right. I know no, no, you're no. not. Yeah, they, but they, I think for my, what I have always said is, um, you know, to anyone who's, and I've probably done a thousand trainings in my career, anyone who's ever come to one of my trainings or we've had mentorship one-on-ones on the side, I will say time and time again is be a good human. That is my parting line. It's it's uh, not copyrighted yet, but it's it's something just in the fact of I, I believe and go back to those core values that if you do that, I think a lot of times when we talk about um, you know, you oversee that field force, and at one time, the, the largest I've ever seen is a thousand people. It's a thousand bodies, and at the end of the day, I gotta go home at night and make sure that everyone's safe. That is my job, and a lot of times that can mean not as much fun. Um, you have to, somebody has to be the disciplinarian, and while that role, I don't relish it. I think at the end of the day, being a good human does not mean you're taking the fun out of something. You can still be your own self, you can still be authentic, you can still be true, but I think if you can go and hold yourself to hold your head high when you put your head on the pillow at night, for whatever that means, that you did right by people, you held true to your promise, you held true to your word, like those are character things that I think will continue to take people far because they're always going back to like, that's her brand, that's his brand, that's what they stand for. And at the end of the day, they are going to look out that, hey, my, my emotional intelligence ticker is going off right now that like what just happened isn't okay. And I'm going to be really willing to either stand up for somebody, not pass that along. Like they're going to, maybe a better word is I'm going to get involved when I see something happening, right? Because a lot, I, I talked about, you know, silence means agreement, could be perceived as agreement. Mm -hmm. So I will just watch something that just went down and made everybody in the room feel uncomfortable. But do I have the guts on a client call in front of colleagues, older colleagues, 
more seasoned colleagues to say, you know, I know you may not have meant that, but I just, it came off a little, uh, you know, awkward right now. And I mean, is anyone willing to get in the fray or are we willing to say to a client, Hey, that's not accepted. I've done it two times in my career. Both times were exceedingly hard conversations. And I was like, I just want to let you know that that treatment of my team will never again be tolerated. And if I hear that it happens, we're going to resign the business and have no tolerance on it. Because I think if you set that standard, you are who, what you stand for. You know, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And you got to make sure that, you know, when I look at my bosses and the best bosses I've ever had, they made me feel safe because I knew where the line was. There was yeah, the yes right. and there was the no. And if I knew that the bosses that I've left, and there have been some here that I have, um, I did not believe or respect them. I thought at the end of the day they were going to cave on things or they didn't treat me fairly or... Um, so I think if you have that, and again, everyone can always improve, but if you have an environment where it's known that, you know, equality, you're equal to all, you're going to set that and, and make that environment, um, you stand a better chance. How do you, somebody that's been around a little bit now, um, how do you find somebody to be a sounding board? Either For me personally? Yeah, for you personally. You know, I knew it's one thing that somebody's just kind of getting started, but you've been around a bit, you need somebody else that's got some experience and some wisdom. How do you, you know, how do you find those folks? And is wise a huge part of that or? Um, wise was for sure. Uh, I look back and I was exceedingly fortunate to have had such badass women bosses, like of the highest quality and caliber. And every one of them has taught me different things that I've taken with me. Um, I like to say, and I like to tell my folks that I've taken like a sponge as much as I can from them, added in as much of me as I can. So it's my style now, but I mean, they've all taught me, um, you know, I look, I look at Amy and, and the, the value that I place in her of her as a mentor and leader to me. You know, one of my favorite things is sometimes everyone thinks that, you know, leadership and mentorship has to be all about the positive. Sometimes you just need someone to call you on your shit <laughs> right. and be like, did you know how bad you messed that up? Did you know how bad, like, that's not a good look for you. And some of my, I find that sometimes women can tell it better to women than men can yeah. in a way that will be received. Right, right. Right, versus an emotional thing. Right. Um, but I laugh, one of my favorite stories from way back in the day is we were being put through it on an event and we were getting it handed to us. Like anything that could have gone wrong was going wrong. And my boss walked in the door, I just flown in from Chicago, um, we were in DC, and she's like, you look like shit. <laughs> the client will never believe that you can handle their business if you're going to look like this. I need you to go in the bathroom, pull yourself together, put on some makeup, and let's do this. And what she was really telling me had nothing to do with the makeup. What she was telling me is you need to fake it till you make it in this moment and realize that no matter what has happened, you have to make a client feel safe. And in client service, that was one of the most important lessons that I've ever learned is that stuff is always gonna go wrong, but the ability to rally when times get tough, the really to make your team feel safe right. and look like you have it is such an important characteristic as a leader. And it was such a hard lesson to learn at that time because we were just, you know, but this and this, you know, you just, you, you wanna do that, but, but there was no tolerance for it. And I had to, and I think I've, it's such a valuable lesson of, again, not about the makeup, but about the attitude that comes with when stuff is going wrong, What's your game face, and how are you going to react? What are you doing over there at the bank, wow. lady? Right? Sorry, yeah, I that's, just talked no, for a long time. No, no. You, no you didn't. Uh, it was good. Great I, I stuff. It. I love I it. I'm inspired. Where do we start? What question yeah, do you want me to answer? <laughs> All of them. You're not in an agency uh, setting with 200 no. plus It's plus hard work. People. I don't know if I could do agency life. Julie carries the world on her shoulders. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. man. <laughs> but, uh, but you have, I'm sure, a lot of... Of I know you have a lot of folks coming to you of, hey, I want to get into this business or, you know, how do I get started or, you know, I've got to get better at this. And what, what's, has that changed in any way in the last six, 12 months from, from things that have happened out there? Or is it, are you still pretty consistent with, you know, do you give different advice to young women now or? Well, I think a couple of things I've learned is environment and I don't think people interview enough 
or figure out enough about the environment of the companies that they're interviewing at. Mm-hmm. And what kind of structure, you know, I love structure. Right. So banking but culture, <laughs> you're talking culture but as culture well. yeah. is key. Yeah. If you are looking for a mentor type boss, if you I always on interviews, I ask to go to the restroom. I'm not going to the restroom because I need to go to the restroom because I've been to the restroom before. I go to the restroom to scan to see if people have their heads on their desk or they're holding their head or they look stressed. I'm looking at the environment of what is going on. You, you know, you call it EQ. I'm looking to see how everybody is looking at their jobs and they're interacting That's with interesting. their jobs. I was going to ask, like, what's a kind of a technique or tactic. I've, I never, I've never thought of that. That's mm-hmm. really smart. Or can I get a glass of water? Oh, I'll follow, you know, if it's the executive assistant that's sitting up front, oh, I'll follow you. I'm happy. And that way I can talk to her and ask questions. But what I'm doing is watching right. and seeing, You're taking all that in. seeing the people to look at the environment. Because I can call Julie and be like, how is it to work at Mosaic? She's like, oh, it's great. We have great energy, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, if I work for Julie, I get that. Um, but just, right. So for me, it's, you know, when you interview, it's the person you're interviewing hopefully loves their job and says how great it is. But I'm watching some context clues and really looking into me of the environment. And is it a learning environment or a growing environment or whatever that individual is looking for? Because a lot of times, you can tell just by the people who are sitting at their ge- desks. Yeah. And then not to, to segue, but to go the opposite way, we at Mosaic ask our front desk, how did they treat you when they walked in? So we do right. the opposite. Right. We're just like, how, did, how you treat these guys who we consider our absolute rock stars and we couldn't do life without them, did they treat you nice? Were they kind? Were they itchy? I mean, like, what, what was the vibe? Um, because you're not going to be kind to everybody. And so it's, I think it revert, it works both ways. Well, it's kind of that philosophy, the same thing you can do when you go out to, you, that you go out to lunch or dinner and see the same thing. Uh, one was the, who was it? I think it's a, a Henry Ford or whatever is attributed to, do they salt their food before they actually try it? That's mm-hmm. one way to understand. Like the other one to me is always, uh, there's no better w- way to, to me, judge somebody's character and how they treat uh, white staff. Yes. And or you know front desk people at the hotel because uh, that to me shows uh, true colors and if they're going to be complete um, douchebags to them then what would they do to a junior person on a team mm-hmm. or to a client or whatever yeah, you can't yeah. you can't fake it as no. Julie talked about that authenticity and it's how you're going to be authentic how you're going to come to work every day and we talked about earlier about being curious and it's not the two-year-old curious of pushing buttons and saying what's that what's that what's that it's the true curiosity of how people are doing their jobs how i can help my boss do his job better not because he's not good at his job just because if i give him this he can excel and do this much more that means i get more so it really is for me about being a servant leader to my team helping them figure out how to accomplish their day. I try and end every day um, at four o'clock. I say, is there anything I can help you with to finish out your day? Or how can I help you complete your day? And I try and end with each of my colleagues with that question so that they can say, yes, Amy, I need you for this. Can you give me 10? Can you give me five? So that I can make sure I'm not stopping their work from flowing. See, isn't that the cushy bank life? Four o'clock, like you're doing that about what, like seven thirty? Stop! I'm, I'll, I'll start sending you messages. I'll be like, still here? No who right. has to guard yeah. the vault? It's you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it, it can, who has to guard the vault? Um, it goes back. You know, uh, maybe I'll just take that. You um, experiential is not for everybody, and it, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, I think. You know, when interviewing, maybe I'll just take your point and just expand upon it a little bit. I think sometimes people don't do enough internal assessment as to what oh, makes absolutely. them truly happy. Right. And so as a result, um, you know, people come into the experiential marketing field, some, not all, but some, and they're just like, you guys throw parties and right. life is great. Well, I like working. I like working with people. You know, I mean, there. No, it, no. It's stop it. You got to go much, e- much sports, deeper. Than even that. in sports, mm-hmm. I like sports. Great, everybody does. Right, right. Like that's not a good answer for your interview question. Right. But I think it's. Um, I like. I would. You know. I like the lifestyle, or I am okay traveling. I am okay. Like understanding some of the fundamental things about the job that you're going in for. I think will help you really 
Um, you know, I th- the hard truth is I spend more time here than I spend with my family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think far, if, right. if you, and it, yeah, it could be a two X ratio. And if you don't really like it or have elements that, that get you excited every day, you're probably not going to succeed, either be good at it or be happy at it. They say there's three things about your, uh, your job. It's what you do, who you do it with, and how much you make doing it. If well, you go down to two, you're staying. Or if you're yeah, at two, you're yeah. staying. Right. One, you're going. Right. Well, what, when you talk about that and that whole thing, that also plays well. We, we've talked about authenticity a few times, but I think this is probably a good way to 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 circle back and and and, and tie it. Well, I, I can't wrap presents, so I could never wrap a bow on it. But <laughs> but uh, kind of wrap up the conversation a little bit of the authenticity end of it is. <laughs> I'm about I'm about to hit fifty in a in five oh. Closing in on it, not quite, but I'm still figuring out who I am and what I want to be when I grow up and those kinds of Isn't things. Isn't that the beauty of it? No, that's it. Is how do you embrace the beauty of that without it overwhelming you? Because when you talk about authenticity, to your point earlier about where you got tongue tied and said something that you were so embarrassed about in that interview, like that can kill people. You yeah. know, like you, you could crush your spirit on that, and or you are so worried at all times you're going to trip over yourself like that that you can't be authentic, mm. but or or you hold yourself back from being authentic. I don't know what that is of trying to find that balance because I'm, you know, I think you said it before something about all or nothing. I'm so all or nothing mm-hmm. on some things, right? Like, but that's the have gift to find that middle. Well, lane that's the gift of so you, though, not. and that's why yeah, okay. we talked about it at the. Chris is a mentor of Wise. I don't know if we revealed that. We're very excited. Big supporter. Um, but you look at the mentor-mentee relationship, and the women that put these pairs together this year, I'm honored to be back on the mentor train, but they put them together for a reason. It's that you're not going to be exactly alike, and right. a lot of times you need that spirited champion that's going to help somebody that may not be a spirited champion, and you can share and learn. Right. Like I, you said, what do I read? I said, I've read almost every sales book. I challenge people to do Myers-Briggs Strength Finders because you can look at your strengths. And I have strengths, but I also look at my team strengths. I hire for my weaknesses. So oh, I know right. my strengths. See, that's so I, hire, I know my weaknesses too, and I hire for my weaknesses. Absolutely. So when we, I don't know if I want to be a banker for the next 50 years. It's really glamorous life at times, (laughs) but it's also maybe there's another adventure out there, but I don't think our careers are maybe not like our parents or our grandparents careers where you were in banking and you just moved up or you were in finance and you just grew up or you were a teacher. Then you became a principal. Now you're a school administrator. It just doesn't flow like that. Great reasons we've got, mobility, we've got the opportunity to move, we're able to explore more, so that allows us more opportunity, but I think sometimes it clutters and definitely adds stress to people that are like, okay, this is my passion, and it's okay, passions can change. Um, so I want people to find their spirit and their adventure, and I would, I would be disappointed if I met you and you were sitting at a desk for 40 hours a week it would not be you and you would have lost your spirit walk by me on my desk with my hands right <laughs> and, <laughs> I would, stress and, and i would not work at that company because i was like that guy is not yeah right. happy right. but one of um and you guys uh don't that but one of my my bosses right now lee esmond she's uh one of her phrases is i can't care more about your career than you do and i think what i love about that is the fact of there are so many people willing to help if you are willing to put in the time and effort to to seek it yeah um and i think you know saying i can't find a mentor or i can't that's an absolute cop out whether they're in your absolute yeah that's horseshit because there's so so many many people and i think a lot of times what i love i mean okay i'll go on a personal level i um my sister's wedding's coming up in two and a half weeks i'm the officiant i'm gonna be i know reverend the reverend you can call me uh, internet ordained (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm good Jules. till 2020. Rev Jewels, oh. Rock and Jewels. Unlimited. It's unlimited. Yeah, I can marry into my like, 60 60 bucks is bullshit. <laughs> I need to go back and get a discount <laughs> refund. Um, but yeah, Reverend, and and I think you know you think about things and and maybe I won't say vain, but you just want to get in the best shape and whatever. So I started to do Whole 30. So I'm 16 days in, 14 more days to go. Of course, Taco Bell had to come out with that's why frozen. you look so great. Oh, oh thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we started doing Soul Cycle and things like that just to be you know. 
what is this? Univ- <laughs> she, guys, she's passing she me over across the table. Universal <laughs> Life Church Monastery, credentials of ministry, Rev Amy Potter. You really don't have an expiration date on this. No. It's just an ominous black card. It's like, oh, you want my Amex? No, this is my Rev card. <laughs> I do have clergy parking. Clergy tag. parking? I've never you used do not- it. I've never used it. I always feel guilty. But there's this nice spot when you're going to oh synagogue my. or you're going to church. I've always thought about just trying to park there one day. But that is I feel like amazing. that is so illegal. Um, <laughs> but I but do have n- a parking pass <laughs> if you want to borrow it. Thank you. I will. I'll reach out. Rev Jules wants Rev Amy's. <laughs> um, but no, I think, you know, uh, it, and one of the reasons I stay here among many is you know, they know that this endeavor, speaking at my sister's wedding, is important to me. I, I love my sister and her fiance dearly, and I don't want to mess it up. I want to be funny and authentic, but I also want to look good. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just do a little tune-up right before we go. And so we've got whole thirty, and um, they've been keeping me like I've tell I am a teller, so I will tell people my goals and visions because I feel it's the best way to keep me on track. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, they are so supportive, so whatever. Like just it's. I think we trick ourselves into thinking that uh, we put barriers in front of ourselves for whatever it is that people won't be understanding. Uh, one of my biggest dreams was to go to the Olympics. It still is, is to work at the Olympics. Anybody out there, if you have a hookup, let me know. <laughs> Julie.hafrikanmosaic.com. Um, but my boss, same boss, Lee, she's like, why wouldn't I let you go to the Olympics? Why wouldn't I let you take two months off? And, and while we can look at the semantics of that and exactly how that would work in a role and all of that, the fact that I had built it up so much in my head that I was scared shitless to even ask for fear that I could lose my job. I didn't even think about the possibility that I could actually keep it. Right. And mm-hmm. I could come back and give more value to the organization that I saw one of the world's most preeminent events. And it's environment, it's culture, and it's in trying home. to interview for those things and ask questions about those things. You know, And money, and we talk about negotiating for jobs and that, but... What else can you negotiate for? Is it negotiating for, like, I love to read, so I want an SBJ, I want the daily subscription, so there are things that I can negotiate into my agreement. Maybe they can't give me more salary, but they can give me access. access. They can give me time. They can negotiate in. I'd like to go to three conferences a year. I would like to do this and this and this. A, one, to help me grow. I love speaking at IEG. I meet great salespeople because obviously that's my passion but I get to meet and spend time with other people in the industry and for me that is a great way to network and BMO quote-unquote allows me that opportunity to do that and so those are things that I look at anybody and say negotiated in and even when you're living in the job and thinking and putting it out there and it is risky because not all bosses absolutely are gonna embrace it but when you find that right culture it's out there now and I believe when Julie puts things out there, it may not happen the next Olympics, but I tell you, within you know the next 12 years, she's going to be somewhere yeah. attached to the Olympics. Yeah. And she, rightfully so, could still be at Mosaic. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's a great, to yeah. me, it's a great opportunity, a great adventure. And to have that dialogue with your boss to say, this is a dream of mine, but I am passionate and committed to this organization. Yeah, and maybe maybe... One of the things that I have learned in 13 years is that um, there are definitely not all environments or all times. I think you do have to suss out what is the right time, perhaps, or the you know the angle to ask for that. Like, have you have you put in the work to be worthy of that ask and what you're actually carrying? Because sometimes I think we are a little bit naive of like, you know, the time or like. But I think that my response now would would have been to earlier, Julie, is I stayed too long in jobs that I was fearful of that I needed to get out of. Mm. So I was not in environments that this was even a possible conversation, whereas now it's an absolute. And I understand what that means is, hey, I, I work 80 hours a week, or I do X, Y, and Z, and so I think, what could I do to come back and then tell the entire organization all the things that we did and present a case study presentation, go tell you know all your clients. Like, there's, there's ways and value that we can find in things, um, and you know, the Olympics is just one of them. But. So what is the, that's my final question is, what is the, what do you go back and tell the younger self? And you're saying, get out. Uh, I mean, in in so many words, right? Like What I'm telling my younger self is that the things that I had the most heartburn about 
I wish I would have. Um, that's actually the biggest learning opportunity. Oh, okay. So, Got it. so for example, the things you were that thinking I, you had to get out, but embrace the challenge of it. Um, maybe I. Um, there's different aspects of it, but yeah. for example, if um, uh, okay, there's something in in uh, you know experiential or whatever SAG rights. Right, SAG is if you have an actor or actor playing, you've got the rights and you have to figure all that out. It's this big, ominous, luminous, you know, thing, and it costs a ton of different money. And it's like, oh, SAG. You know, nobody even wants to deal with it. The more that you dive in, and the better educated I was, I can actually speak to it and know exactly not how to get around it, but the ways that you've got to play it. Right, and, and you're the only person that does know, so now yeah, you're invaluable <laughs> right. to your company. But it, but it took me taking any one of those examples right. and diving in Got it. Yeah. so I am educated but the more that I steer away the more that just there's always a lesson there so if it keeps coming up you haven't learned the lesson yet <laughs> right. um, and also to you know leave not leave jobs but leave leave people or leave places that didn't really fundamentally make me happy I have to align with values yeah what is uh, Potter you get in your time machine and go back and see you bit bopping around George Mason. What are you gonna, what are you gonna <laughs> tell yourself? Living the dream. Living outside of our nation's capital. Trust your gut. Hmm. I have a good gut instinct, but I don't think I trust it as much. I think most people, if not all people do, but there's a voice, there's oh, someone yeah. next to you, there's something that's not letting you do it. So, you know, I read a lot of books on that of trusting your gut and how you know what it really says, but you can always talk yourself out of it or move in a different direction because you're a logical human being. But really trusting because you're the only one who knows the thoughts that are in your head. You're the only one who really knows the path, but sometimes you're afraid to put it out there. And I'm in the Julie camp, the heifer camp. Oh, heifer camps, champs. um, Where I do (laughs) talk to close personal friends when there's a new challenge or an adventure because I believe, hey, I want your insight. I want to learn right. and I want to um, I want to put it out there because it could lead to yeah. a, the next opportunity or the next friendship or next adventure. Have you read? Speaking of books, did you have you read Malcolm Gladwell's mm-hmm. Blink? Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, that was a revelation to me of you know the science of proving that the listening to the gut is actually you know mm-hmm. usually a good thing. Yes. So yeah, if you haven't read that listening and you haven't read that or any of the Gladwell books in my opinion they're great fast reads and uh, it, it breaks it down it makes a lot of sense speaking of uh, Blink or yeah. does it sound like Blink Blinkist have you guys are you up to speed on that uh, been a pretty big I won't say life changing but a really cool thing for me on trying to read a lot when you are busy and it's an app called Blinkist hmm. and it allows 15 minute books to be read to you or you can read them so imagine anything from like you know ten scrolls of a of a mobile phone or a fifteen minute audio book, um, huh. and it's an absolutely amazing app. And that way you can get all the new kind of I say classics, but the new books that are coming out, and also some of the biggest ones. Yeah. Well, my problem right now Cliff Notes. is <laughs> right is making enough time for the real books. I have I like every podcast. Somebody always got a great. Oh, I got it. So I have this stack now on the nightstand that I can't get to, and that would be a way to. Maybe chew through some of the some of the ten stuff. minutes a day. That's what I do. Yeah, I meditate ten minutes in the morning, then I grab the book that's on right, the nightstand. When, when when I turn off the mics, I'm gonna talk to you about meditation because I desperately need it. So, <laughs> uh, so we need to run along. But the so the final final thing is best way for folks to get a hold of you. Uh, is it LinkedIn? Is it uh, email you, call you, uh, something else? What's the best way to get a hold of Amy Potter? LinkedIn. Okay. I normally respond to LinkedIn in a very timely manner. Well, yes. And to the, to your credit, uh, we glossed over it earlier. You talked about that somebody can make somewhat of a case to be able to present to you that you'll give them the time. Just be cognizant. First of all, you're giving up a very valuable thing in your time that people are prepared and know who they're talking to. But if they do, they're going to get a lot out of it from getting conversation mm-hmm. with you. All right. God bless you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, Julie, what, how do we how do we find you? Work email. Work email. And yep. you said that it was a Julie dot. Julie.heffercampamosaic.com. I'll put it in. Uh, I'll put it in the pod description. Yep. Um, do we do do we do all right? Anything that. We had a whole slew of things to talk about. Anything else that you're dying to go over, Potter? She's checking her notes. She's so organized. I love it. (laughs) I love structure. I love organization. Just 
Be curious check, and be authentic. Be curious, be authentic. Check out Wise. Men, I do. Men, men and women. We love. I, I know that. I go. and uh, We love all people because it truly makes humans stronger. Just right. if we work together. Right. There's enough. Julie and I will say it hundreds of times. There's enough room on the mountain for everyone. And mm-hmm. we can we can all get there together. And, uh, you know, I always, Julie does a great job of saying you're, you better have somebody with you. And who, hundreds of people with you. You better be pulling people up that yeah. mountain with you. And I believe it. I was helped and coached and led. And I was led by great leaders and still am. And I was led by some crappy leaders. But they also helped me grow <laughs> totally. into who I am. So I wouldn't, I mean, yeah. the path, when you look on LinkedIn, the path looks perfect that I planned it oh, all. Yeah, right? But it is not. No. It is by work ethic. It is by doing what you do and being passionate about what you do, having those opportunities and saying yes to the opportunities. Yeah. Love it. What, what about you, Rev Jules? Rev Jules. Final um, words of wisdom. Final words of wisdom is I think, you know, what is it when you don't get what you want? It's experience. And I think experience, um, I think sometimes people, if they only saw how many no's you got before you got the yes, uh, some people would be amazed. Others who were successful would be, yep, that's that's what it has to be. Uh, and I, I echo what Amy said. I mean, I just, uh, I, I've always hired for and, and tried to promote the opportunity of, of attitude and not even just an attitude for gratitude, but an attitude to say yes, an attitude to get dirty, an attitude to really put forth the effort because I've, I believe under a good boss coach, you can always be taught. I really do. But I think if you don't have the attitude for it and the attitude to say yes and try some things that feel, uh, you know, beneath your level or whatever, like you got to learn. Like, and not that you always want to get the coffee because you don't, but at some point it then says gratitude that you will remember when you're in that position to say thank you to the person who's bringing it to you. Hey, anything going on with your day? Can I get you something? I just, it just, I think it will, once you walk a mile in everybody's shoes, uh, life changes. Yeah, it opens it opens your eyes, opens your heart, opens your mind. All right, well, that's a great way to, to end this thing up. I've really enjoyed, uh, what did we go with again? Megapod, Superpod. Powerpod. Powerpod. Uh, whatever it is, it was a, a good time. And uh, Amy Potter, Julie Heffelkamp, thank you very, very much. Thank Thanks, you, Chris. Well, I hope you found our chat informative and constructive. And, and enjoyed it. Uh, check the pod description for links to connect with Julie and Amy and Wise Chicago. Thanks again to both of them for sitting down and, and being so open and honest about their careers themselves and uh, what's going on in the workplace right now. Now, uh, before I go, real quick, get that promo code from Chicago Sport and Social, support Monroe Star. Their information is in the pod description as well. And I'm going to get out of your ears here real quick. But until next time, when we hear from multiple panelists at a recent outstanding Northwestern Masters of Sports Administration Symposium on the future of sports facilities, it's Chris Hartwig saying, stay connected, friends. Stay connected.